1: ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Justine Lee, and I'm a board-certified emergency critical care veterinary specialist and toxicologist. Thanks for joining us. Today, you guys are in for treat. Super excited to speak with Dr. Lisa Redasta, who is one of only a few veterinary behaviorists, board-certified veterinary behaviorists in the world. We'll be right back and we'll be talking about all things dog and cat when it comes to separation anxiety and behavioral problems. So, you definitely want to tune in. Again, we'll be right back after these messages.
0: Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio.
1: Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. Really excited to be speaking with Dr. Lisa Radasta, who not only is a working veterinary mom, but also a board-certified veterinary behaviorist. Dr. Radasta, thank you so
0: much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. You know how I am. I know Justine personally, and I can talk about behavior. Like I'm so happy (laughs) to be here talking to people.
1: Thank you. So just so our audience knows who you are, I know you're a member of VetScoop and VetScoop is a group of leading veterinarians who provide a real talk resource for pet advice that you can trust. But give me a little bit more
0: background. Who are you? What do you do? Where did you train? And tell me what you do now. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I'm a mom of one recalcitrant teenager. And I happen to, aside from being a mom, be a veterinary behavior since 2006. I went to U of F, for my DVM. And then I went to Penn for my residency. But I think that what I love the most is that I work with a team of four other doctors. So there's five of us in our practice, we have three locations. And when you work with a team, you have to have an open mind, like there is no box, right. And you have to really research everything that you teach these new doctors. So it keeps me sharp. I'm lucky enough. I'm fortunate enough to be asked to lecture and write books. And so I have this really full life and it all centers around my personal mission. And I don't know if people out there have a personal mission, but if you write down a personal mission, it so centers you. And my personal mission, as it applies to how I work is to improve the quality of life of companion animals all over the world. And so that drives me to sit here with you, to post on Instagram, every vet scoop post. like I've got my little point of view going on there. Right. And so it really inspires me to keep going.
1: Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for all that you do. You know, I will say when it comes to veterinary behavior, tell me about how many veterinary behaviors
0: are worldwide and what exactly you do. Yeah. So there's about 90 of us all over the world, mostly in North America, but there are some in Australia and in Europe and Japan. So we certainly have veterinary behaviors all over the world. So listen, I'm a veterinary psychiatrist. You do uh, your DVM, right? So you get your veterinary license and degree, and then you go into a residency, you spend three to five years doing that. Then you pass the boards and you follow all the criteria, then you're boarded. So animals that come to me have serious behavior problems and I've heard all the jokes no the cats don't lie on the couch and tell me about their kittenhood and talk about their mom no we read body language we have some biological tests we do to measure stress we look at physiology and what I want every pet parent who hears this show to know is that illness affects behavior in a big big way. So we look for other body systems that might have disease processes. And then we use medication, behavior modification management in order to alter the animal's behavior, but more alter how they feel, give them more joy and happiness. And when you do that, you give the pet parent more joy and happiness too. So that's really what I do.
1: Fantastic information. You know, I remember rotating in veterinary school on veterinary behavior and One of the first patients we saw was a large dog that was biting their child and it all stemmed from a really severe, untreated ear infection. This dog's ears were so infected that his ears were so painful. So uh, love what you do. So important that you work with your veterinarian, you work with your veterinary behaviors when it comes to these problems, because we always want to make sure that we have that joy of pet ownership and that strong human-animal bond. Now, I get asked all the time about separation anxiety. And we know that we had a lot of stress during COVID-19 with people working from home. So I first wanted to ask how does our stress especially during pandemics or working from home does that actually
0: affect our pets absolutely our stress affects our pets it's going to depend on a lot of different things and there's going to be two big categories of how our stress will affect our pet stress. Number one, how we behave. So I am more kind of like a Jack Russell terrier. So when I'm nervous, I'm like all over the place. I'm here, I'm there. I can't sit down. Right. Whereas maybe someone else is more like my dog, a Labrador retriever, maybe they would go within themselves and be more still. So that change in the routine that we have set, which our dogs and cats, look at us and follow our routine. That change in routine can be really upsetting to them. So that's number one. Number two, there's this totally cool thing called emotional contagion. And it's just what it sounds like, emotional, how I really feel being contagious to someone else. So that's not the same as like when I go to like, I don't know, a B-52s concert, a band I don't love that much. And you're probably all too young to remember them. And everyone's yelling and I start yelling. That's not emotional contagion. That's like social facilitation. Emotional contagion is the transfer of like my happiness maybe to you. So when my child is happy, I feel happy. All right. So there's that too. And you won't believe it, but that happens, especially in dogs. So that could mean that when I'm crying and sad, that I could act, that emotion could actually transfer to my dog. It's going to depend of course on my dog or my cat, how attached they are to me, how aware they are of me and what our bond looks like, but it can happen. me, How do I know if my pet has separation anxiety? Yeah. So that is a great question because, you know, in the, olden days, five years ago, before COVID or whatever, we would have said separation anxiety looked like destruction at doorways, howling when you leave, vocalization when you leave, right? So that's dogs. Now we know dogs and cats get separation anxiety. Cats, we'll start with them because they're kind of the simplest. They might hide while the person is gone. I've seen cats who are aggressive toward their pet parent when they come home. It doesn't happen when they're home but when they come home after a long departure, the cat's aggressive. We're going to look at that cat for separation related disorders. We call them now cats who urinate outside the box. We've seen those too, but only when the pet parent isn't home. So we're going to look at those cats for stress and for separation related disorders. When the pet parent's not home for dogs, it's way more obvious, right? Destruction, howling, anticipating your departure. All of us pretty much, at least in my area, have cameras in our house. They're so cheap now. And you can watch your dog on your phone. Your dog should be sleeping when you're not there. Gets up, barks at the UPS person, goes back to sleep on the couch, gets up, looks at a squirrel, goes back to sleep. If your dog is wandering, pacing, going from door to door, that is a separation related disorder.
1: And I know this is something that would take hours to discuss, but what are the general approaches to treating separation anxiety? And is it ever induced or caused by us as pet owners?
0: Yeah. So it's caused by, well, here's what I will say. And you know, this language, right? Risk factors, causes versus risk factors, because a certain dog could have all the risk factors and still not develop, right? The actual disorder depends on the environment. So risk factors would be rehoming. If you adopted a dog from a shelter or a rescue, or even a breeder that could be considered rehoming, he had a home like my dog was there till he was six and a half months. And then I adopted him by that time he's formed bonds. So any sort of rehoming a single pet, single, not single pet, but single parent household, those dogs are more likely because they're forming that super strong bond, right? with that one person. So there's certain factors and there's also genetic factors, which is kind of cool that predispose dogs to develop separation related disorders. And the treatment involves just broadly helping the dog feel safe. He doesn't feel safe or the cat when that pet parent is gone, they don't feel safe. So helping them feel safe when they're alone, it's usually behavior modification, distracting mm-hmm. the dog or cat when the pet parent leaves because we want to have that animal be thinking of something else. And then third, we can use, not in every case, but we can use medication. And look, some people walk in and there's a cool study looking at just this, surveying pet parents, what pet parents will elect for medication when they go to see a veterinary behaviorist and what pet parents won't. Some pet parents walk in and go, do not talk to me about medication. And some walk in and go, I'm on three medications and I'm cool. Like let's do meds. So it just depends on the pet parent. But what I want to tell you is the medications we use in veterinary psychiatry are really, really safe. And we do try to alter the animal's personality, but only in a positive way. We don't want animals to be zombies. We don't want them to be sedated all the time. And what I ask pet parents to think of is, would you want your pet's life? In other words, would you want to have a panic attack every day? For eight hours. Is that what you would want for yourself? There is no pet parent that's going to say yes to that. So then I say, okay, if there's a medication that will help you have a better quality of life, that's temporary, and you were suffering every day for eight hours a day, would you use it? Almost all pet parents say yes. I think it's the fear of the unknown that makes them not want to use a certain medication. And that's a discussion with your veterinarian. That's just an honest discussion with your vet about risks and benefits.
1: Such a great point with medications. A lot of people probably are anthropomorphizing it, you know, they're hesitant to do it, but it can make such a huge difference and such a big believer of that. Now, this is a total side tangent, but I do have to ask, what about more holistic non-prescription medications that pet owners can potentially reach for at home? And I only bring this up because you probably don't remember. It was years ago, gosh, at least five years ago. When I was talking to you and you had recommended Senna life for my cat who had severe cognitive disorder. And I'm so embarrassed to say this, but it was actually a vet student who was pet sitting my house and she texted me like at midnight. She's like, something's wrong with Seamus. He's just like meowing randomly in the middle of the night. I was like, Oh yeah, he always does that. She's like, but that's not normal. And I was oh. like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so when I reached out to you and you suggested Center life it made such a huge difference. So do you mind just talking about some of the options that are out there in terms of a more holistic or non-prescription medications that may be a
0: good option too? Yeah. So don't forget those supplements. And I am 52 now, and I have a little counter with my supplements and all the things that I take. And so as we age, definitely we want to support our bodies and we want to do the same for our pets so number one if you're looking for a supplement you're going to go to a trusted brand and i was listening to a podcast the other day it's a health and fitness podcast and the person who was speaking brought this up and and i'm going to bring it up too and i know that there could be backlash i'm not saying you should always trust big pharma companies but what i'm saying is that they are forced to adhere to regulation when they make a supplement. And that means something because you're putting something in your pet's mouth that you cannot take back. So I only recommend supplements that fulfill two of my criteria. Number one, there is research to prove that the active ingredient works, okay? Now there's all the arms of that, like is there even enough of that active ingredient to work for that size dog that's separate, but, or that size cat. Number two, I want to know the company that makes it and know it's regulated. That's really important to me that there's accountability because I don't ever want to hurt my pet or my patients by recommending something that I don't really understand completely. So some great supplements, let's go through them. Santa Life. Oh my gosh, I love this supplement. It has uh, resveratrol, ginkgo biloba, phosphatidylserine in it, vitamin E, like it is such a great old dog and cat supplement is my number one go to, you can get it online. The one sort of could be downside is that the gel caps are not small, but you can puncture them and put them on your cat's food or your little dogs, like canned food or something like that. That's a good one. Denimarin is Sam E. It's the only veterinary E product that I'm aware of. That we can dispense easily for our dog patients. SAM E is an antioxidant in the brain. And the same antioxidants that damage your skin and cause all those nasty, horrible wrinkles, cause uh, damage in your brain and your muscle and all over your body. So we want to get our older dogs on SAM E as well. Behavioral supplements, there are some biggies. There's soliquin, it's a great one. Zealkine, that's another really good one. Zentral, that's another one that we love. One that you may not think of as a supplement, but it's a natural product, would be pheromones. There are two pheromones out there that, with research, one is called Adaptil. The Adaptil family has away, which is for cats, Adaptil's for dogs. Then Verback has created Zenny Dog, which I just saw a study on this Zenny Dog. Same as Adaptil, same product, right? But the packaging allows it to last longer. Okay. So, your options are many. Please don't go to the person down the street. I just had a conversation with a client the other day. She said, Oh, but I have a friend who owns this boutique dog store, and she's got these supplements. And I said, I'm sure your friend's really nice. I'm not, I don't know your friend. I am not disparaging your friend. Do not buy a supplement from her because we need the supplements that have a veterinarian on staff that are regulated. I couldn't agree more. There are actually
1: documented cases where I've seen um, even things like glucosamine, where supplements aren't regulated well, where with an overdose situation, the Labrador retriever eats the whole container. In rare circumstances, especially if the product isn't made in the United States, I've seen liver failure with it. So you'd have to be really, really careful, but great information. And again, I'm such an advocate of, set of life after that. I did find that my cat would eat it really well with really tasty canned food. So for me, it personally was a game changer for my 15 uh, year old cat and um, the results were dramatic. So definitely appreciated that advice. We'll continue with our really cool topic right after these messages from our sponsors. Molly, here's your dinner. <coughs> Zeus, that's not your food. <coughs> purchase your cat tree
0: tray today go right now to cat tree trade.com that's cat tree trade.com c-a-t-t-r-e-e-t-r-a-y.com let's talk pets let's talk pets on pet life radio pet life radio pet
1: life radio.com <laughs> ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. We've been chatting with Dr. Lisa Rodasta, one of only 90 board-certified veterinary behaviors in the world. We've been talking about how COVID has affected our stress and that stress can transfer to our pets or our pets can pick up on that. We've talked about both dogs and cats, how they can both have separation anxiety. And we've talked about the importance of medication, whether or not it's prescription medication or different supplement options that are available out there. Now, last few things I wanted to bring up. You mentioned medications. Are there certain situations, like what's your general role? Do you recommend Consulting with your veterinarian first, starting with some of the supplements next or going straight to a veterinary behaviorist. Like how severe do the signs have to be before, you know, to reach to a veterinary
0: behaviorist? Yeah. So I think that your first contact should always be your veterinarian. And I know that some of my pet parents who are listening are saying, but my vet doesn't know anything about behavior. Like I hear you, what your vet does know is the health of your dog and many countless Number of times a pet parent has sat in front of me and said, my pet, my dog, my cat is healthy. This is behavioral. And so many times I have found that the pet is not healthy. So many times someone has come to me with blood work and said, look, the blood works normal. And I'm like, yeah, that's so awesome. But here's all these other ways that I can see that your pet's not okay right? So we want to make sure we make our first contact with our veterinarian. I hope your vet is educated in behavior. If they're not, what I hope they'll say is, I don't do that, right? Like me with eyes. I'm like, the eye is red. You should see an ophthalmologist. I am a robot, right? So maybe they will do the same and say, I don't understand behavior. Here's the veterinary behaviorist. If your vet says something and you're like, uh, that doesn't feel right then ask for the referral or get online. D-A-C-V-B dot O-R-G. Find a veterinary behaviorist near you. You can go straight to them or you can say to your vet, Hey, look, do you know this person because I found this person? What is your opinion? So you have a conversation. You advocate for your pet, but you also listen to your veterinarian and have a conversation there. You need a vet behaviorist when you cannot get your solution. Really? You can't Get this behavior problem resolved with your veterinarian. When you want to go to an expert, when you want a final answer, my gosh, if you are considering euthanasia or relinquishment, just head to see us because that final decision should never be made. It's any way possible for you to see an expert. And now with telehealth, it doesn't matter where you live. You could live in the darkest corner of an island in the middle of the Pacific. And you could tell a health end to a veterinary behaviorist. Okay. So there's always options for you to get those final answers. All right. And
1: last question, you and I get asked this question all the time. Why is my
0: cat peeing outside of the litter box? Yeah. Oh my gosh. But I can't answer that in 60 seconds. So here's the thing. When dogs are upset, they vomit and have diarrhea. When cats are upset, they pee outside the box. When horses are upset, they get gastric ulcers. Like everybody's got their thing, right? So something is wrong with your cat. But let's break it down. Number one, your cat's painful or doesn't feel well. Really and truly, you got to rule that out, which means advocacy for your cat. What does that look like? That means going to your vet and saying, I need an orthopedic exam for pain. I need blood work. I need a urinalysis. Let's all just be upfront right now. Your cat will have to be sedated for that. Okay. Maybe not, maybe not your cat, but most cats. So come with an open mind to that. Also understand that your vet will probably not be able to really assess pain very well because studies show that we're not so good at that because cats are good at are very good at hiding. They're like little chameleons, hiding their pain. So your vet may also recommend radiographs. So when you go with this problem, please don't go in with it's behavioral. My cat hates me. My cat hates my boyfriend. My cat hates my daughter. No. Something's wrong with your cat, probably physically. So get that whole thing done, okay? What is left? Something's wrong with your Environment. The box is too small. The box doesn't have enough litter. It's too dirty. It's in the wrong place. Okay. Maybe the social environment, like my Rottweiler used to lie in front of the litter box. That's a great place to rest. Okay. So maybe there's something with your environment that's not right. You can go to my website. It's flvetbehavior.com, flvetbehavior.com. We have free articles. You don't have to log in or anything. You can also find us on Facebook, right? I think it's FL, Vet Behavior Service. I don't even know. Just search Florida Veterinary Behavior Service and on Instagram. And I post on there, recently I posted a picture of the correct box, okay? As long as your cat from his nose to his tail, time is one and a half. That's the correct length. Three inches of litter, right? So there's a lot you can do to make that environment better. You can find tons of information on my site and on our social media pages.
1: Thank you so much. Fantastic information. You know, I, I recently shared a post that you guys had, and it was of a cat relaxing on his back with his belly exposed, just with the simple statement saying your cat is really relaxed. Do not pet him on the belly. So even something like that is so educational. And I couldn't believe how many times it it was shared. Do you mind just explaining why, like, why
0: shouldn't you touch your cat on your belly? Yeah, so that post was shared so many times, like twenty five thousand. It was like insanity. How many times we shared? So anyway, or how many people it reached? So yeah, here's the thing: what you want to do is think about how do cats interact with cats, right? Do you ever see a cat when one cat is on his belly? Do you see another cat coming with his paw and petting his belly? No, not unless your cat's really weird. Okay, so. We want to interact in the same way because we want to make our cats feel really comfortable. And the way to make them feel really comfortable is to behave the way another cat would behave. That is a vulnerable spot. It can be a really scary position to be in. And if your cat's happy enough and safe enough in your house that he can lie on his back, we want to reinforce that safety by leaving him alone. And look, I get it have a all black cat. We only get black cats in my house, adult cats. And he has like five little white hairs on his tummy. And I mean, I just want to touch that. They're so cute, but you have to pull back and have some inhibition. So you don't make your cat feel unsafe in his own house
1: you know, I only have a black cat too. I love (laughs) black cats. So thank you so much. You know, I love what you do in terms of educating pet owners. I'm going to encourage everyone, when in doubt, you can go to our website, F Lvetbehavior.com. So, Florida veterinary behaviorist. And great information for pet owners, for veterinary professionals. When in doubt, you want to make sure your cat, your dog are emotionally healthy, they're behaviorally healthy and physically healthy. So, work with your veterinarian, your veterinary specialist to make sure that happens. Dr. Vadasa, thank you so much for all that you do and can't wait to have you back on another episode of ER Vet. Thanks. Well, that brings us to the end of today's show. Find me at drjustinelee.com, on Facebook or Instagram at drjustinelee, or email me your pet questions at drjustine at petliferadio.com. With that, we're out of time. And again, we want to thank Dr. Lisa Radosta and Mark Winter, our producer, for making this show possible. See you at the next episode. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on petliferadio.com.